decidedly Christian, distinctly biblical, and just a little bit nuts. This is Squirrel Chatter. And welcome to the Piney Woods, ladies and gentlemen. It is Friday, the 23rd of December. Turn all the lights on, Gene. There we go. The 23rd of December, 2022. This is the last Squirrel Chatter episode before Christmas. And got a busy weekend ahead. Uh, our church is having Christmas Eve services tomorrow night. We're having Christmas Day services, Christmas morning. Um, don't have any family plans this week. It's just Mrs. Squirrel and I. But next week, hope to get together with my daughter and my granddaughter and my son-in-law. Do something, just kind of hang out or, or whatever. We don't have any plans there. Everybody's kind of doing their own thing. And I'm still calling up. You know, I got up really early this morning. I got up just a little bit after 5. So I've been up for a while. And even being up for a while, I'm uh, kind of running behind. <laughs> I got to reading and I got to, to looking at stuff and checking emails and, and just got to busy and all of a sudden I looked at my clock and it's like, um, you got five minutes to get the podcast going. I didn't have the umbrella light set up or anything. Normally I'm, I'm ready to go 10 minutes or better before I, uh, hit the, uh, live stream button and the record button, but not today. I guess it's Friday and we're, we're looking at, uh, not only a weekend, but we're looking at a holiday weekend um, and with it being the weekend, especially Christmas weekend, get yourself to church. You know, the, the ancient church calendar revolved around two events every year. It begins with Advent and Christmas and then moves into Easter. And it's almost like the rest of the year is waiting for Christmas again. The, the, which of course, it's not a very balanced calendar because you have midwinter and spring. And, and, uh, and, uh, and of course, the modern church calendar has, you know, all the sermon series on finances about uh, tax time and, and all the sermon series is on romance about Valentine's Day and all of that where they're doing topical messages. But we believe in Bible exposition here on Squirrel Chatter, and so our calendar would be significantly different from theirs. And when I was pastor at Parkside Church, I was doing verse-by-verse -verse studies through books of the Bible. Um, that's, the I believe, the main uh, focus of the pulpit should be going through books of the Bible. And uh, so that was what I was doing. But I always took a break for Christmas and Easter. Um, I didn't break my pattern for, you know, Hallmark's calendar. I didn't do a Mother's Day sermon. I didn't do a Father's Day sermon. I didn't do a Grandfather's Day sermon. None of that. Um, but I did do Christmas and Easter. Um, and, and because those are really 
the two biggest holy days for the church. Now, Scripture, we've talked about this, Scripture doesn't command the celebration of either one. Um, it, we are told not to forsake the gathering together of the saints, and so we are to gather for the regular church services. We are to be an active part of a Bible-believing local church, and I believe all of that can be, can be shown from Scripture. But I also believe that there's no even, even days of the week, there's no, there's no day of the week commanded to the church for the weekly gathering. There is a pattern established very, very early, and it is described to us that the church met on the first day of the week. And that started very early because the first day of the week commemorates the resurrection. And there, but even the first day of the week is not, you know, the, the Sabbath laws of the Old Testament don't carry over. Um, the, the, our Sabbath, the Sabbath was a picture of our rest in the finished work of Christ. And so our Sabbath rest is found in Christ. But having said that, the weekly gathering of the church is important. And the pattern of gathering on the first day of the week began very early in church history. I mean, it's mentioned in Scripture. So it's not something that, you know, comes out of the Middle Ages or anything like that. Um, it's not, you know, in the, the, over, the, over the centuries, the church developed, you know, feast days and saints days and all sorts of, of you know, barnacles on the hull of the ship. They probably should have been scraped off long before 1517. Um, but Christmas, which, you know, like I said, is not commanded. It's not even, you know, we're at least told what day Easter was. It was the Sunday after Passover, um, regardless of how the, the church in the West <laughs> determines when Easter Sunday is going to be these days. Um, and yes, that's a very old controversy that goes back to like fourth, fifth century stuff. Um, it's, it's one of the things in the split between the church in the East and the church in the West. But, you know, so you go back to these, uh, you know, these arguments of how Easter should be dated and all of this. And, and I mean, we're not even... 100% confident what year Christ was crucified. There are multiple theories and multiple arguments. Um, the two most common are A.D. 30 and A.D. 33. But even then, those might be incorrect. There are other lesser held to theories. But the, the understanding, and this is something that as a historian, I'm well aware of. The further back in time you go, the harder it is, excuse me, to pinpoint the date of an occurrence. Because there are several factors. Um, one is simply the fact that we don't have daily chronicles of stuff 
from the ancient world, even from medieval times. We look at some of the, the you know, the chronicles from medieval Europe, and, you know, they'll tell us about events and things, but they don't always tell us the exact day. Um, it really isn't until the 17-1800s when newspapers began to be printed that you would really be able to pin down dates for things. So we're talking 300 years, 400 years, tops. You know, I mean, printing only goes back a little over 400 years in the West. Yes, I know the Chinese had printing long before that, but we didn't have printed books in the West until Gutenberg and the invention of the movable type and everything. And so it wasn't until printing was possible that publishing was possible. So that is when, you know, we actually, you know, 300 years is about as far back as we can say, this is the absolute date this happened. Um, there are even, you know, early presidents of the United States, early founders of the United States, we're not sure what year they were born. And this has only been a nation for 240-something years. So that's a, you know, you go back to England, and you got, you know, a couple of thousand years of history. Or, or you know, the Middle East, where we've got 4,000, 5,000 years of recorded history. But it's hard to date things. And part of that is because calendars have changed. You know, every country had different calendars. There was no standardized dating system. So the further back in time we go, the less sure of dates we are. And the scripture doesn't even tell us what date Jesus was born on. It gives us clues, and I think we're in the right time of year, late December, mid to late December, you know, early January is 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 going to be the right time of year based upon the based upon the the John the Baptist's father's cycle of priests when when uh, when he would have been serving in the temple and that's a I think I talked about that a couple weeks ago maybe even last week so you know we have that you know we're in the right area and the the 12 days of christmas probably somewhere between january or december 25th and january 6th would be the actual birth date of jesus so you know sometime during the 12 days of christmas is probably the actual birth date um but again that's you know it could be mid january it could be early mid december but we're in the right area. It's midwinter. So that's, you know, but we we can pinpoint Easter much more easily that, you know, it was the Sunday after Passover because we have those dates given to us. We know that, you know, Palm Sunday was the Sunday before the resurrection, the first day of the week when Jesus entered into Jerusalem, the day after the Sabbath, spent the Sabbath in Bethel, then he entered into Jerusalem, and we know Passover was that week because he, you know, the Last Supper was Passover, and he died as the Passover lamb. 
We even know that there were two different groups of Jews who had a dispute over the actual dating of Passover. And so they would have their Passover dinner on different days. So Jesus could have the Passover dinner with his disciples and then die on Passover. So at the time of the Passover sacrifice, because there were two groups that it all, it all go, they, they all knew it was the 14th day of the month. Um, but the question was the, the days begin at sundown. And so it says the Passover lamb was to be killed at twilight. So twilight is that before sundown on the 13th where Passover is the 14th or is it before sundown on the 14th, which would be right before the 15th. So you had this argument going on. They even had trouble figuring out what dates things happened because remember it was about 600 years after Moses wrote the law. And so they were trying, well, what did Moses mean by that? What was, what was the, the actual date they were supposed to celebrate it? And considering the fact that they had gone, when you read the Old Testament, they had gone hundreds of years without even celebrating the Passover. It's one of the reasons why, you know, God, they were profaning his law. They were not obedient in Old Testament times. And so that you know the 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 actual what was it the night before was it the night after was it you know when when was the passover meal celebrated so you know if it was before sundown you know or was it after sundown was it you know cuz the day goes from sun sundown to sundown is the way the jewish day is there was evening and there was morning um so anyway, we're not sure, but it is Christmas time, and we are moving into Christmas, and, and, and it's, it's time for church this weekend, and as I said, we've got multiple services to go to. We plan on being at Christmas Eve tomorrow night. We plan on being at Christmas Day services Christmas morning, and looking forward to that. So hope you're looking forward to that too. Hope you have plans to do that. Squirrel Chatter is a proud member of the Christian podcast community and is a podcast dedicated primarily to the public reading of scripture. So our, uh, you can head on over to christianpodcastcommunity.org, check out all the great curated podcasts that are over there. You can subscribe to the Squirrel Chatter podcast on wherever your podcasts are found. Would love it if you would, you know, Give us a five-star rating and leave it a, re a review. That helps get the word out, makes the podcast more visible. And in addition to the audio podcast, we live stream Monday through Friday at 7.30 a.m. Mountain Standard Time or Mountain Daylight Time, Mountain Local Time, Piney Woods Time on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. And so you can watch and enjoy if you, if you want to watch me sitting in my office talking into a microphone, you can do that. Um, and some people like to, to watch, watch, the, uh, watch the, the, the squirrely cam. We can, we can give, it a, give it a name if we want. <laughs> I don't know. Rush had his ditto cam, and that was the, 
Um, and I, I honestly watched a lot of the Rush shows on the Ditto Cam. I would, I would have it on in my office while I was working or course, if I was out and about, I wouldn't be watching the video, but, but if I was working in my office, I would have it on the video. So yeah, I understand. So we have the, the squirrely cam. You can watch the squirrely cam live on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch every morning at seven 30. All right. Well, we are working our way through the legacy standard Bible, reading through the entire Bible this year. And next week is the last week. As I'm, we're live here Friday morning, but this week, over the, the past few days, I have recorded next week's um, podcast because I'm taking the 12 days of Christmas off. So the next week's podcasts are already recorded. And yesterday I recorded the final readings. Um, as we finished the, so yesterday I recorded next Friday's podcast. And I got to tell you, I got, I got nervous. I was actually sweating, which is ridiculous because it's, it was like 15 below yesterday, six below this morning. So it's warmed up quite a bit. Um, so I was nervous, I was sweating, I was stumbling over my reading. I thought afterwards of re-recording it, but I thought, no, I'm just going to leave it as is so that uh, you can see that, you know, I, I actually got emotional uh, as, we f as I finished the Bible reading for the year that uh, you will get to see next Friday morning. So if you have been with us, for whatever length of time, as we've done our daily Bible readings, I thank you. I hope that it has been of benefit to you. We are not reading through the Bible again in 2023. Um, 2021, I read through the New Testament. 2022, we have read through the entire Bible. Um, somebody sent me an email and said that I might be the first person to have read the Legacy Standard Bible um, publicly out loud um, as we've gone through the Bible this year. That might be possible. Might be the first time, you know, my, my read through of the Bible might be the first audio LSB Bible. Um, I hope not. There are much, much better narrators out there, and I'm sure we'll get a good narrated version of the Legacy Standard Bible before too terribly long, um, which will be a good thing. I've got a I've got a uh, uh, NASB um, audio Bible. I don't even know who the narrator was that I downloaded onto my Audible years ago that I probably listened to. I think I've listened to it all the way through at least once, but I'll, I will listen to passages from time to time. Um, as I'm doing stuff, if I'm if I'm in the middle of studying something and and I I'm, but I have something to do like you know vacuuming or something, shoveling snow, which is what our excuse me shoveling snow, which was our activity. No, oh, excuse me, this last week. Um. So if I uh, you have an activity like that, I will uh, listen to something 
sermons, podcasts, audiobooks. And if I'm studying a passage or getting ready, preparing, preparing to preach a passage or something, uh, I'll often find that passage in that audio Bible and listen to it um, while I'm doing something. Audio Bibles are excellent. I remember my grandmother um, in her last years had macular degeneration and could not read anymore. And so she listened to, had an audio Bible on cassette, um, big cassette album, uh, probably six, eight inches thick of hard plastic pages that, that, that were vacuum-formed cases for the cassettes, and so it was full of cassettes. And, uh, and she would listen to the Bible quite, quite a bit. That was just kind of a, a usual background thing if you went to her house, is she would have, have the Bible being read. And I'm trying to remember who the narrator was. It's, it's, it was like, I mean, it was King James Bible, and oh, this narrator was, is it Max McLean? That sounds right. Um, but she had this cassette. It was, it was, uh, I think it was, it was given to her by the church. Um, when she started losing her eyesight, they gave it to her so that she could listen to the Bible. Um, faithful church member her whole life. Wonderful woman. Um, quirky. She had her quirks. She was a wonderful baker. She could make just excellent cakes, desserts, stuff like that. But conversely, she was a horrible cook. <laughs> she, she, uh, her idea of roast beef was shoe leather. If it wasn't cooked to the point of being as dry as an Egyptian mummy, it wasn't done. And she would boil her vegetables until they were mush. And eating at grandmother's was always, um, we, we much preferred it when granddaddy cooked. He was the breakfast cook. He would always do sausage and biscuits and scrambled eggs and pancakes and and he was the grill, you know, he would grill food. So if we grilled burgers or something like that, that was always good. But uh, very rapidly, um, I, I remember going to my grandparents for Christmas dinner a few times. But very soon, Christmas dinner moved to our house. And they would come to have Christmas dinner with us um, for obvious reasons um but that's neither here nor there i love my grandmother um look forward to being reunited in heaven with her um but yeah she could not cook <laughs> which is and of course my mom was an excellent cook but it was actually dad's mom who taught mom how to cook um dad's mom had passed away before i was born so i never got the joy of meeting her um, but, uh, when she and dad got married, um, it, dad who had grown up with a marvelous cook, because we're having family story time with squirrel. We'll get to the Bible reading. Don't worry. Um, when they were, uh, 
dad grew up with this excellent cook and then he married mom and they were high school sweethearts. I mean, they, 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 they basically grew up together from the time they were 13 or 14 high school sweethearts married, you know, married late teens, married right out of, I'm not even sure. I don't think mom had finished college yet. Dad only did one year of college. Um, he was not the most academic of people. Um, great guy. I mean, and and not not at all stupid or anything like that. But he was not an academic. Um, was not a very voracious reader. Although he began reading later in life. But they got married, and Dad actually finally said something about mom's cooking. I don't know how long it took, but mom ended up going to dad's mother and she taught mom how to cook. And so when I grew up, I grew up with great cooking. <laughs> so I was the product of, of my grandmother, my dad's mom teaching my mom how to cook which I'm very grateful for having eaten my mom's mom's cooking. So there are some family secrets for you right there. Um, not that they're big family secrets. We all admit them openly without shame, especially now that grandmother's gone. I don't know that, uh, I'm sure something was said to her, um, at some point, uh, not by me, <laughs> but, uh, uh there is that. All right, our scripture reading today is Job 24 through 27 and Revelation 17. And now the prayer of confession from the 1552 Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. Now the prayer for our reading of the word. Blessed Lord, who hast caused all holy scripture to be written for our learning, grant that we may in such wise hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of thy holy word we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which thou hast given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now, Job chapter 24. Why are times not stored up by the Almighty? And why do those who know him not behold his days? Some move the boundaries, they seize and devour flocks. They drive away the donkeys of the orphans. They take the widow's ox for a pledge. They push the needy aside from the robe, from the road. The afflicted of the land are made to hide themselves altogether. 
Behold, as wild donkeys in the wilderness, they go forth seeking food earnestly in their work. The desert becomes for him a place of bread for his young ones. They harvest their fodder in the fields and glean the vineyard of the wicked. They spend the night naked without clothing and have no covering against the cold. They are wet with the mountain rains and hug the rock for want of a shelter. Others snatch the orphan from the breast, and against the afflicted they take a pledge. The poor ones walk about naked, without clothing. The hungry ones carry the sheaves. Within the walls they produce oil. They tread wine presses, but thirst. For the city men groan, and the souls of the wounded cry out. Yet God does not pay attention to such offense. Others have been with those who rebel against the light. They do not want to recognize its way nor abide in its paths. The murderer arises at dawn. He kills the afflicted and the needy, and at night he is a thief. The eye of the adulterer keeps watch for the twilight, saying, No eye will see me, and he keeps his face hidden. In the dark they dig into houses. They shut themselves up by day. They do not know the light, for the morning is the same to him as the shadow of death for he recognizes the terrors of the shadow of death. They are insignificant on the surface of the water. Their portion is cursed on the earth. They do not turn toward the vineyards. Drought and heat seize the snow waters. So does Sheol, those who have sinned. A mother will forget him. The worm feasts sweetly till he is no longer remembered, and unrighteousness will be broken like a tree. He feeds on the barren women who does not give birth and does no good for the widow. But he drags off the mighty by his power. He rises, but no one believes in his life. He provides them with security, and they are supported, and his eyes are on their ways. They are exalted a little while, then they are gone. Moreover, they are brought low and like everything gathered up. Even like the heads of grain, they are cut off. Now if it is not so, who can prove me a liar? and make my speech worthless. Chapter 25 Then Bildad the Shuhite answered and said, Rule and dread belong to him who makes peace in his heights. Is there any number to his troops? And upon whom does his light not arise? How then can mortal man be right with God? Or how can he be pure who is born of women? Behold, even the moon has no brightness, and the stars are not pure in his sight. How much less mortal man, that maggot, and the son of man, that worm. Chapter 26 Then Job answered and said, What a help you are to the one without power! How, have you, how you have saved the arm without strength! What counsel you have given to one without wisdom! What sound wisdom you have abundantly made known! To whom have you declared words, and whose breath comes out from you? The departed spirits tremble under the waters and their inhabitants. Naked is Sheol before him, and Abaddon has no covering. He stretches out the north over what is formless and hangs the earth on nothing. He wraps up the waters in his clouds, and the cloud does not break out under them. He obscures the face of his throne and spreads his cloud over it. He has marked a circle on the surface of the waters, at the boundary of light and darkness. The pillars of heaven tremble and are astonished at his rebuke. 
He quieted the sea with his power, and by his understanding he crushed Rahab. By his breath the heavens are made beautiful. His hand has pierced the fleeing serpent. Behold, these are the fringes of his ways, and how only with a whisper of a word do we hear of him. But his mighty thunder, who can understand it? Chapter 27 Then Job continued to lift up his discourse and said, As God lives who has removed my justice, and the Almighty who has embittered my soul, for as long as breath is mine and the Spirit of God is in my nostrils, my lips certainly will not speak unrighteousness, nor will my tongue utter deceit. Far be it from me that I should declare you right. Till I breathe my last, I will not remove my integrity from me. I hold fast my righteousness and will not let it go. My heart does not reproach any of my days. May my enemy be as the wicked, and the one who rises against me as the unjust. For what is the hope of the godless when he is cut off, when God requires his soul? Will God hear his cry when distress comes upon him? Will he take delight in the Almighty? Will he call on God at all times? I will instruct you in the power of God. What is with the Almighty I will not conceal. Behold, all of you have seen it. Why then do you speak with utter vanity? This is the portion of a wicked man from God, and the inheritance which the ruthless receive from the Almighty. Though his sons are many, they are destined for the sword, and his offspring will not be satisfied with bread. His survivors will be buried because of the plague, and their widows will not be able to weep. Though he piles up silver like dust, and prepares garments as plentiful as the clay, he may prepare it, but the righteous will wear it and the innocent will divide the silver. He has built his house like the moth, or as a hut which the watchman has made. He lies down rich, but never again. He opens his eyes, and it is no longer. Terrors overtake him like many waters. A tempest steals him away in the night. The east wind carries him away, and he goes, and, in whir and it whirls him away from his place. For it will hurl at him without sparing, he will surely try to flee from its power. Men will clap their hands at him and will hiss him from his place. And now Revelation chapter 17. Then one of the seven angels who have the seven bowls came and spoke with me, saying, Come here, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth committed sexual immorality, and those who dwell on the earth were made drunk with the wine of her sexual immorality. And he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness. Then I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, full of blasphemous names, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was clothed in purple and scarlet, and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a gold cup full of abominations, and of the unclean things of her sexual immorality. And on her forehead a name was written, a mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. Then I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the witnesses of Jesus. When I saw her, I wondered greatly. And the angel said to me, Why do you wonder? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her, which has the seven heads and the ten corns. 
The beast that you saw was and is not and is about to come up out of the abyss and go to destruction. And those who dwell on the earth, whose name has not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, will wonder when they see the beast that he was and is not and will come. Here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. And they are seven kings. Five have fallen, one is, and the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must remain a little while. And the beast, which was and is not, is himself also an eighth, and is one of the seven, and he goes to destruction. And the ten horns, which you saw, are ten kings, who have not yet received a kingdom. But they receive authority as kings with the beast for one hour. These have one purpose, and they give their power and authority to the beast. These will wage war against the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them, because he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and those who are with him are called the elect and faithful. And he said to me, The waters which you saw, where the harlot sits, are peoples and crowds and nations and tongues. And the ten horns which you saw, and the beast, these will hate the harlot, and will lay waste to her and make her naked, and will eat her flesh and will burn her up with fire. For God gave it in their, ha in their hearts to do his purpose, both by doing their own common purpose and by giving their kingdom to the beast, until the words of God will be finished. And the woman whom you saw is the great city, which has a kingdom over the kings of the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Now the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now the collect for grace. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings may be ordered by thy governance to do always that is righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. All right. Well, this is, as I said, the last live episode of the year. The rest of the year has been pre-recorded, and you'll get that next week. Um, so Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And I'll see you for a new season of Squirrel Chatter starting Monday, January 9th, 2023. Now, in the new year, like I said, we're not going to be doing another read-through of the Bible. We are instead going to be going chapter by chapter through books of the Bible. Um, as I said, we're going we're gonna to do... My thought right now, and I've still got, I've got two weeks to, to really flesh this out before we start on the ninth. My thought right now is to read and comment on a chapter a day at about a study Bible 
and devotional level. So it's not going to be a super in-depth exposition, but we're going to try to give the sense of the scriptures so that, that we can come away understanding the books that we go through a little bit deeper, but not the level of, you know, a 10,000-page commentary or something like that. You know, I'm not going to do the John MacArthur six years through Romans path, you know. Um, but we're going to start with the book of Deuteronomy. Now, why Deuteronomy? Well, two reasons. Three, really. I want to study Deuteronomy. But one reason is that after the Psalms, Deuteronomy was the book that Jesus quoted from most. So when, as we look at Jesus' discourses in the Gospels, like I said, he quoted from the Psalms most of all, but second to that, he quoted from Deuteronomy. So Deuteronomy is an important book. It has been called the Romans of the Old Testament, where Romans is the most systematic, doctrinally dense book in the New Testament. Deuteronomy is that in the Old Testament. So a study of Deuteronomy is going to help us in our theology. Um, it's going to help us in our history of Israel. Um, in that, in Deuteronomy, Moses recapitulates the history of Israel up until that point. So he talks about the Exodus. He talks about the wilderness wandering. He talks about everything that had happened up to them. Deuteronomy is really, I think, five. Um, I don't have my notes in front of me. I think it's five addresses by Moses to the nation of Israel before he died and they entered into the promised land. So this is, Deuteronomy in a lot of ways is Moses's final sermon series before he handed the torch to Joshua. So it's, it's an important book in many respects. Um, so it, it, it kind of has, you know, Moses's final instructions, you know, so it's kind of got a, a second Timothy feel to it in that, that regard. Um, it, it, you know, uh, Deuteronomy, the name of it is, is of course Greek and actually means the, a second law. It's the retelling of the law. So in Deuteronomy 6, you have the Ten Commandments. So we will talk about the Ten Commandments. We may slow down there and do a day each. I don't know. We're going we're gonna to play it by ear. Um, but like I said, the, generally it's going to be a chapter-by-chapter chapter look at Deuteronomy. And that's going to take a while. Where we'll go after that? Maybe Romans. You know, I don't know. We'll just That would be good. Do Deuteronomy and Romans. Um We'll just, like I said, take it by ear. <laughs> um, and, and, but that's going to be the general plan going forward for Squirrel Chatter. We are going to resume our Theology Thursdays. And we've got to finish the 1689 and then look at other historical confessions. 
um, on Thursdays. I want to get back to Federalist Fridays. I want to finish, it's the plan to finish going through the Federalist Papers, and then I want to go back through the Constitution in light of what we learned from the Federalist Papers. We read through the Constitution at the beginning of Federalist Fridays, but I want to go back and reread the Constitution with commentary as we, we actually discuss what it's saying and why it says it. We also have to look at the amendments, and that will be looked at in, in historical context as we, you know, what was going on in the United States that made this amendment seem necessary, beginning with the Bill of Rights. So, so we got a lot of stuff coming up on Squirrel Chatter. Um, thank you for being with us this last year. Like I said, next week's pre-recorded. We're still going to have Squirrel Chatter next week. We will be dark the first week of January. There will be no Squirrel Chatter. But next week is all pre-recorded. And we'll be back here live 7.30 Piney Woods time on January 9th to start the next leg of our adventure, which is the Squirrel Chatter podcast. So have a very, very Merry Christmas. Don't forget to go to church on Christmas Day. Don't fail to go to church on Christmas Day. If your church is not open on Christmas Day, find one. Visit a church from a different faith tradition. You know, go to a Bible-believing Presbyterian or a Bible, you know, if you're a Baptist, go to a Bible-believing Presbyterian or a Bible-believing Anglican church if your church is not open. And honestly, if your church is not having services on Christmas Day, I would strongly advise you to think hard about finding a church, a different church. Um, that's just my own opinion. If our church had decided not to be open on Christmas Day, I assure you <laughs> that Mrs. Squirrel and I would have been, have started a search for a new church. Um, or if you're traveling, you know, go find a church. Go visit a church. Bless the saints there. Um, as a pastor, I was always uh, thrilled when we got visitors who were travelers that, you know, they were staying at this or that local campground. It happened quite a, quite a bit in the summer because, you know, living here in the, in the piney woods of western Montana, we've got several Forest Service campgrounds within 50 miles of the church um, where I used to pastor. And so several times over the summer, we would get families that were on vacation coming to church for one Sunday because next week they're going to be hundreds of miles away. They're either going to be back home or they're going to be further on along their journey but they would come to church. Um, and, and that's something, because like I said, my family was a camping family. I grew up camping. That was, that was something that dad did. Uh, when I was very young, dad decided that he needed a family hobby that the whole family could partake in. And camping was what he and mom decided upon. And so we became a camping family. Um, and we would take long summer vacations, uh, you know, several weeks. Um, we, we traveled to Maine and back, pulling a camper trailer. 
you know, there's actually a campground, a KOA, on Manhattan. It's just a paved parking lot with hookups. But I think it's right on the, I, mean, I can't remember if it was on the Hudson or the East River, but it was right on the river. I can't remember, I don't know if it was on the east or the west side of, the, of Manhattan Island, but it's on Manhattan. And so we were, we, we camped on Manhattan and uh, did, did a gray line tour through Manhattan, you know, visited Chinatown and, and the, the Empire State Building, um, did not go up in the World Trade Center, which is something that I regret now because obviously I will never have that opportunity to visit the World Trade Center. We did go buy it because we went to Battery Park and we went out to Statue of Liberty. Ellis Island was not open at the time as a tourist attraction, but at that time you could still climb up the Statue of Liberty. Couldn't climb up the torch, but you could climb up to the head and look out the, the windows along the crown. So I did that. And Dad was talking about when he was a kid he was a teenager and visited New York. He had actually been able to climb up to the torch, which uh, there's a staircase going up the arm that holds the torch. And so he was able to, to do that, but they had had that closed off. And then when, uh, back in 2008, which was the last time I was in New York, we went to the Statue of Liberty and you could not climb up in the statue um, you could stand under the base of it. They had like a plexiglass roof. You were in the museum underneath and you could look up in the statue and you could see the staircase, but you couldn't climb it. My understanding is that they have reopened that. Um, but I have not been back to New York in 14 years, nor do I have any plans to right now. I'm gosh, I, I love New York, but with the crime right now and, and uh, you know, honestly, the, the liberal policies and the crime, okay, we don't need to get into that today. So have a Merry Christmas. Don't neglect church on Sunday. Have a wonderful Christmas with your family, your friends, your church family, uh, however you're celebrating Christmas with your loved ones. But do worship with the saints. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to Christmas Eve. I'm looking forward to Christmas morning, uh, primarily looking forward to going to church and, and that's just going to be fun. I, I enjoy that. Um, as I said last week, I, I, or during the week, I think every church ought to have services on Christmas morning every year, regardless of what day of the week it is. And if I'm ever pastoring again or in a position to make those kind of decisions, guess what? There'll be services on Christmas morning. All right, folks. Merry Christmas. Do the things you ought to do. Don't do the things you ought not do. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of the Lord. We'll see you again next week for a bunch of pre-recorded podcasts. And then again, January 9th. God bless. Squirrel Chatter is recorded in front of a live studio hamster.